Four score and seven years ago, our forefathers distilled a new nation and brought forth bourbon, the water of life. So grab a glass and join Paul, AJ, and JC on another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another episode of Bourbon with Friends. Uh, today, we have a special guest with us, Greg Metz. He is the master distiller of Old Elk, which is selling his whole career a little bit short. Uh, he's been in the industry for uh, a long time, um, and we're really honored to have him. So, Greg, thank you so much for coming on and, uh, and uh, looking forward to this. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure and uh, thrilled that you invited us along. So definitely looking forward to the evening. Yeah, so uh, I'll kind of tell all the listeners out there how we kind of got here. Um, we we stumbled upon Old Elk. We had heard of it, like we saw it when we were seen it, with, saw it when we were in Texas about four months ago. We thought about it and then got kind of sidetracked because we were, you know, doing a bunch of other things. You guys have heard that those podcasts. Um, saw it here in Kentucky about two months ago. Tried it and fell in love with it. It was delicious. Um, and the bottle got pretty much destroyed. Um, and so when that happened, we started kind of learning more about the brand and, and how these guys are, are creating their bourbons and whiskeys and stuff. Um, we decided to reach out to them and they got back to us and here we are. So, um, so I think the first question really for, for, uh, for you is Greg, what got you into, to whiskey? Well, the fact of the matter is it's pretty much. Uh, I'm getting a lot of feedback, but the uh, fact of the matter is, <clears throat> it's really pure dumb luck. Uh, I don't know how much you know about <clears throat> where I started and how I started, but uh, uh, briefly, uh, way back in 1978, I was finishing up my chemical engineering degree at the University of Cincinnati here in Ohio. Okay. And actually, back then, companies actually came to campus to recruit for open positions that they had at their company. And uh, as it was, uh, Joseph E. Sigurds and Sons was on campus uh, looking to fill positions they had at the Lawrenceburg, Indiana Distillery. So I went through the uh, process and I was fortunate to have been offered a, a position there. Uh, but beyond that, I really had no idea uh, what I was getting into. And frankly, I didn't even know what a master distiller was. The only thing I knew for <laughs> sure was that I was a 23 year old kid and I was going to go work for a company that made whiskey. And I thought, wow, that's. It's pretty damn cool. So uh, <laughs> sounds, sounds like a great job. Yeah. 42 years later, it's, it's still uh, pretty damn cool. But uh, yeah. so really the part that I didn't know was that uh, Seagram's was going to give me the best training in the world uh, relative to becoming a master distiller. Uh, it was right. all on the job training. And, uh, you know, I uh, was fortunate to have been under their umbrella for uh, about 24 years uh, till 2002 when they got out of the business entirely. So uh, that's really uh, the nuts and bolts was that I was very fortunate. <laughs> what, what's really interesting, I think, is that just about everyone we've talked to has almost kind of the same story of it just kind of happened. Like, you know, I was in school and this just came out. So it's got a job and it's, it's really cool how some of the, the past seem to really coincide. So, um, so what, what do you, what, what have you seen really evolve? Um, you've been doing this for a long time. What's one of some of the biggest things you've seen involve in, in the, the process, uh, of, you know, dis distilling whiskey and, and, uh, getting it out to the consu consumer. Well, frankly, 
frankly, uh, I've uh, Ed, since I joined Old Elk, uh, it, it's actually uh, exposed me to a, a whole new side of the business that I was never part of. I mean, for um, uh, see, I'm uh, three and a half for, for about thirty eight years. I was pretty much a hands on out in the plant. A master distiller in Lawrenceburg. So I, you know, I had, I had, uh, you know, I, I was management, so I had to do budgets and I had to do, uh, you know, manage people as well as manage the processes and, and the distillates. But, uh, once I joined Old Oak uh, full-time three and a half years ago, I, I actually became deeply involved in building our brands, uh, from the ground up. And, uh, so I've been exposed to marketing, uh, sales and distribution, which was never part of anything that I uh, was part of. But, and it's been uh, really, it's, it's in some ways just reinvent and invigorated my career. It has made it uh, full circle. So I've, I've been involved uh, literally in all aspects of the business, which is really uh, very rewarding for me. That's exciting. Yeah. So what, what made you or what brought you to Old, Old Elk? Well, I actually met him uh, seven years ago when I was still a uh, master distiller in Lawrenceburg. Uh, okay. Of course, uh, in, in 2008, when LDI uh, purchased the facility, uh, at that point, we had lost all affiliation with brands and became 100% contract distillers. Okay. Uh, we still had uh, two of our biggest clients, which was Pernod Ricard and Diageo, who purchased all the Seagram brands uh, in 2002 when Seagram got out of the business. But, uh, we still had a lot of plant capacity left uh, in 2008 when ODI bought us. And that's when we really uh, uh, actively pursued uh, third-party contract uh, contracts with uh, other folks out there. And uh, we started with a handful, and by the time uh, MGP bought us, we were probably uh, a couple hundred or better, uh, relative to folks that we were producing for. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I started, uh, under Seagram's, they had their own brands and we didn't contract still for anybody. And by the end of my, uh, well, not the end of my career, but by the time I left the distillery, uh, to join Old Elk full time, uh, you know, we were hundred percent contract distillers and actively, uh, soliciting, uh, contracts with, uh, anybody that was interested in, in, in us producing world-class whiskeys for them. That's really cool. Yeah. You guys, that we, we, we're pretty aware of a lot of the stuff that's come out of there and there's been some award-winning stuff. Um, yeah. So. You've had your hands in a lot of different products that, you know, <laughs> you know, don't always have your name on, but it's, you know, you're, you've a been there. Of, a lot of people <laughs> have had your stuff. <laughs> May not know it, but they've had it. True. And uh, I heard, oh. go ahead. I was going to say, I heard you were part with, uh, I know you were mentored by Larry Ebersold, the, they call the godfather of Rye. Um, so were you part of the making the 95-5 mash bill that everyone oh, talks absolutely. about? Absolutely. Uh, and you know, the fact of the matter is that, uh, you know, uh, between Larry and myself, uh, we, we made that mash bill famous coming out of Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Oh, yeah. We it's delicious. Contract distillers, <laughs> yeah. I think JC wants to give you a hug for creating that because he loves <laughs> rye. I know which rye it is, but it, it's, I've had a few of it, but it's delicious. Yeah. Like, what are my and, favorites? And really what makes that really near and dear to my heart is the fact that it's a very technical 
and really, really difficult mash bill to produce and have the quality come out uh, like it does when, when Larry and I made it. So it, it's from that aspect, it's always been extremely rewarding. And uh, it's not a custom mash bill. I mean, I've produced it for uh, Old Elk brands, uh, but it, it's basically a secret mash bill uh, that was part of their blends and, and whatnot over the years. But as rye whiskey got popular, in the last 10 years, uh, you know, we just uh, made made that uh, mash bill uh, prime time. Oh, it's, yeah. It's delicious. <laughs> great, great versions of that. When, when he heard about that, he, or when he realized, you know, put two and two together, he was just like, I think I love this guy already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, he, the, I'm the bourbon nerd, if you can't tell. He, he loved, he, yeah, he loved, but he yeah. loves rye on a level that we, we don't understand. So, so let's talk a little bit about like what you're doing now. So if you, AJ, you want to pull that one up and, yeah. and pour us a sip. Do you, and... you have a suggestion which one we should start with down the line? Well, I would, uh, I would suggest that we start with the uh, lowest or the lightest congener profile and work our way to the heaviest. So I would go uh, wheat whiskey. Yeah, the wheat whiskey. You got it? Yeah. All right. You got it right here. That's right. Oh, I like the click. <laughs> So if you're not familiar, this is a, uh, uh, a tribute to the 95% rye, 5% malt mash bill. Uh, okay. When we got, when we decided to uh, pursue uh, wheat whiskey and wheat bourbon, we wanted to take it to the extreme. Uh, you know, most other wheat whiskeys that are on the market are probably in the neighborhood of 51% wheat and uh, in all likelihood have a third cereal grain in them. So we wanted this uh, particular wheat whiskey to be the real McCoy. And it's a, uh, an extension really of everything that uh, I learned or I was taught about that 95% rye mash bill. And the uh, fact of the matter is that wheat has a lot of the uh, uh, challenges uh, that rye brings to the table. Uh, and one of them is foaming when you ferment it. So, right. Uh, uh, we, we developed or learned a lot of methods uh, over the years down there in Lawrenceburg on how to handle that. And uh, that's, that's a big reason why the uh, quality of the products that we produced out of that facility were world classes. And we were taught well and we learned well. What do you get on this? The classics. Sweetness up front. You, you get, I feel like you get, you get all the sweet of the wheat and the, you get yeah. that, that it's really weird because I, it, I well it's not weird but it's i like the flavor how it's different like you get the sweet wheat but you also get the rye burn and i'll tell you what uh, it, at least for me what's interesting is uh because the wheat whiskey has no corn in it and the wheat bourbon has a minimum amount of corn in it relative to being a wheat right. bourbon uh, uh because of that uh a lot of the congeners, uh, you, you may actually see congeners you've not seen before in whiskey distillates because they're not covered up by the robust characteristics that corn brings to a mash bill. So, uh, again, you're, you're likely to see things that maybe you haven't seen before because they've been covered up by, uh, you know, the high corn contents. Yeah. Right. Oh, the yeah. Corn covers a lot of the uh, sweetness, so you're getting kind of wheat in its raw form here. You know, this is it's pretty. We've had the other one, right? We had the yeah, yeah. So this is very no, this is very unique. I think from a lot of things that I've had because of it, exactly for what you, you know the reasons you're saying, and I, I yeah, I like this. This is 
I'm going to save that and I'm going to do a side by side when we go to that next one. JC <laughs> loves to do side by sides. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's uh, there's no right way and no wrong way to do it. Yeah. So, uh, since you've been, you had your hands in so many different blends and mash bills, what is the creative process behind these mash bills? Do you just wake up one day and be like, you know what? I'm going to try 95% rye and let's see what happens. Or is it like a just. Well, uh, it. It, it really depends. Uh, if we take the first mash bill that I crafted and produced for Old Elk, it was the Old Elk bourbon uh, mash bill. Okay. And uh, again, when I met uh, Old Elk uh, seven years ago, uh, they, they came to the facility and said that we want uh, you to craft custom mash bills for us. And in the case of the bourbon, Old Elk bourbon, uh, they gave me two words to work with. They said, we want the product to be smooth and easy. So, uh, literally, uh, at that time, I was 35 years in in my career, and that was my uh, first opportunity to actually craft a mash bill from the ground up, unrestricted from a financial aspect. That's pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, so to hit smooth and easy, uh, you know, through through my experience and what I'd learned uh, over my career, I knew that I had to get the malted barley content way up in the mash bill. I also knew in the back of my mind that all of the uh, mash bills that I produced over my career always had some degree of rye in them for that really nice spice characteristic. And I really wanted that to be part of the uh, congener profile as well. So uh, from there, it was really reverse math. I took the corn content down to the minimum for a bourbon, 51%. Right. Uh, factored in 15% rye, which is the minimum amount of rye in a mash bill that you can put in and still have that spice character uh, carry over. And that left me room for 34% uh, molten barley. So I, I we crafted that and I, uh, you know, subsequently produced eight or 9,000 barrels of that product for Old Elk. And uh, when we finished that task, uh, they came back and, uh, you know, then they started talking a well, what do you think is going to be uh, the next big category six, seven years down the road? And uh, of course, seven years ago, rye whiskey was gaining traction like crazy and right. really getting popular. But the weeded uh, whiskey and the weeded bourbon uh, spectrum was really somewhat untapped. There was, you know, very nice products out there in the weed whiskey category as well as weeded bourbon. But uh, what we wanted to do is, is is, and really what the old elk DNA is, is to be different than everybody else. So all our mash bills, uh, with the exception of 95 uh, rye that we talked about, are all very custom mash bills and they are all uh, very, very different than anything else you're gonna find on the shelf. So, uh, you know, we talked, we thought wheat and uh, wheat bourbon uh, could be the next uh, new categories down the road. Yep. And we wanted the wheat whiskey to be a real McCoy wheat whiskey. So we took that uh, to the max, 95% wheat, 5% malt. And we actually did the same thing with the wheat and bourbon. We, uh, again, I took the corn content down to the minimum, 51%. I put the wheated content at 45%, uh, which was about the max, and still have room for the 5% right. malt that I need to convert all of it. So that's really, in a nutshell, uh, how that's, it all transpired. <laughs> no, that's very unique out on the industry. Right? You don't usually see such a high wheat to corn content with such a minimal malt, malted barley. 
Yeah, and the other one you'll see is uh, uh, barley. Yeah. That's a high barley content. Yeah, because that's usually about four times the average or something. At least, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say uh, most everybody else in the industry is in the neighborhood of uh, 5 to 10% malted barley. Yeah. This is... This is right up my alley. So we just did the uh, the weeded bourbon. Just pour that. This is right up my alley. Um, wanted to be able to do the side by sides. Yeah, yeah. We wanted to do some side by side on it, but this is. That's almost like again. Each, each one of them is is a category of its own. So right. we've got yeah. the old elk bourbon. That's a bourbon category. Uh, we've got the rye whiskey. That's a rye whiskey category. And then we've got uh, weeded bourbon, obviously weeded bourbon category and uh, wheat whiskey. Again, it's all uh, extremely different categories, uh, but uh, all very uh, high quality products, world-class quality products. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, this That's is a easy drinking. I'm trying to like put a peg on. Uh, what do you get, AJ? I get bread on this one. I don't want to be weird. I do too, but... like a sweet bread. Yeah. I probably shouldn't talk while I'm taking yeah. a sip. <laughs> I mean, it's got the like almost a, some of the baking spices, like that kind of. I hate saying doughy, but you know, like we were talking about, like trying to peg it. I'm. It's it's yeah. a very unique flavor profile. That's why I think we're a little stumped right now because no, uh, when you drink bourbon, you get the classic like this, 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 this. Yeah. Right. yeah. Westers. It, these flavors are yeah. Give me a drop of water. Let's see what. Yeah. And again, it goes back to the fact that you're seeing uh, flavors that would normally be masked by a higher corn content mash. Yeah, like it's 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 not making it was making it harder. I want to say harder, but yeah, it's yeah, it is. Well, I think it's making it harder because our palates are are so conformed to kind of mm -hmm. what the norms are, and this is outside of the norms so much. We're 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 not catching everything. As uh, at least for me, it's got. A lot of nice integrity. It's got nice balance, and it's silky. Oh yeah, it's a well-rounded yeah, drink. It's not harsh at all. That's no, no. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing at all. Like the, you're right. It is very well. It's got a great flavor. It's kind of sits on the back of your tongue. That's there's that's, no bite to it at all, which I like because I'm a sissy when it comes to high proofs. <laughs> These guys will laugh because they they know like. Yeah, hey, he tried to kill me like years ago when I was first getting into this it was with 136 hundred. proof. So you know, he's it's taking 130. Sorry, he's like, take a shot of this. Trust me, and I was like, I trust you. And then me, I thought I was gonna die. Me, me and JC are the barrel proof drinkers. Yeah, so but like, we like them the water help. The water opens it up. You know, <laughs> but this is something that I would highly recommend to a, a beginner whiskey drinker because yes. it's not gonna turn them off. No, it's not gonna yeah. have those like classic like burns on the throat that you you get when you think about like when people think about like whiskey and bourbon they're like oh it's the burn's not there on this it's got a lot of it's got a lot of flavor uh so sorry i'm got attacked by <laughs> <laughs> yeah welcome to 2020 and doing things uh i get a lot of like vanilla notes and caramel notes now that i put a little water in it and it opens up some of the oils and and i one of the things that i tell every all of our listeners Try it, try it neat, put a little water in it and see how the oils open up just like a little shot. And if it tastes good both ways, you have a really good bourbon or whiskey on your, on your, in your glass. <laughs> and this tastes good both ways. So this is, I, we, that's, I really know this is a really good, you know, really good bourbon in, in my glass. Nice. So I, I like that how much it varies in the variety you've got up. You know, I haven't even, we haven't even got into the other two. I know we've drank one yeah, of them before already, but they're two completely you know, different. Right. They're, they're all the same brand, but you know, you're doing 
thing with each, like you said, their their own individual. Some products they all taste the same with a slight difference. You know, these are standalone, their own things. The cork pops are one of our favorite things. We're gonna save podcasts. the rye for last because oh yeah, BT's favorite thing. So we're gonna London. Get excited about the rye. Yeah, he's he loves rye so much. So. So this is the one that we had, the blended straight bourbon whiskey. That's the 88 proof. This is the one that the bottle got a little bit torn apart. The first uh, found oh, it. Yeah, yeah, that was um, that was a good night. Uh, we sat outside in the rain. and <laughs> Literally, and, he has his and, tent. Yeah, I had a tent on my patio. And we sat outside in the rain and drank basically, I'm pretty sure we drank the whole bottle. Um, which isn't uncommon. That's, you know, on a weekend where yeah, we, we don't have a lot to do and there's four or five of them there. It wasn't just the three of us. So it's not like we're that, we're, we don't have that big of a problem. Um, but this is what really started it all off for us. We, we, we've, we're, we're all kind of a little skeptical of blended whiskeys and bourbons because um, for us, I think sometimes they come across too gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um, am I right in that? Yeah. yeah. Um, this though is deliciously phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, the bottle design is absolutely beautiful, like sitting on the shelf anywhere there. And sometimes when you see a bottle that almost looks overdone, yeah, sometimes you get a little skeptical oh. of that, <laughs> how good the stuff inside is. Yeah. Forgot uh, how good it is. hasn't had it in like two weeks. Now he forgot. Yeah. to it, like a, a liquor. Tell us a little bit about like the blend, what you, what you came up with to get this blend. Well, you know, uh, Actually, the fact that it has to say blended on the label is a pure technicality. Uh, uh, when I met Old Elk seven years ago, I crafted that mash bill for him, and then I produced uh, eight or 9,000 barrels for him in Lawrenceville. Yeah. And what they did uh, at the time is they actually took the same mash bill that I crafted to two other distilleries. They took, uh, took it to a, a, a craft distillery in Colorado and they took it to a craft distillery in uh, New York. And, and if, uh, if if you ever read the TTB regulations, if the product doesn't come from uh, the same state, you have to call it a blend. So okay. Okay. Uh, it is actually the it is actually the old elk uh, bourbon Nashville, and uh, and it has uh, it, it can have uh, products from the other two distilleries in it. Well, it's delicious. So there's, I mean, there's absolutely, it, it, it is a absolute straight bourbon whiskey. Uh, it's That's over, it. over four years old. Everything uh, that we uh, bottle now is a minimum of four years old. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. Actually, this old elk is probably about five and a half right now. The weeded bourbon's about five and a half. Oh, awesome. The, the wheat whiskey is about six. Uh, going on seven and a half actually oh wow, wow. So you're right in that nice sweet spot for yeah. for everything yeah good, good yeah. color good flavor yeah that's a good yeah the, the one thing one of the things we noticed when we were looking at is you know the color and and everything like that because we we're not a big we don't like light whiskeys or, or bourbons and and that's what really also obviously the, the bottle yeah. is gorgeous it, it's really weird and, and this is something funny we've talked about this on like i'd say 90 percent of our podcast but the bottle really does have a lot to do with whether you, you pick in. it off, pick it up off the shelf. Um, and I know that sounds silly, but um, I think to the normal drinker, someone who's not, uh, uh, you know, into this industry, like, you know, people like us are, 
that will pick that up just based on how how pretty the bottle is. No, nothing about it. Marketing does matter. Is there any <laughs> is there any certain reason you went with this bottle design? Because it is a little bit different bottle look than you know your majority of your yeah. bourbons and everything on the shelf. No, it, it's actually all of that was very intentional, and uh, even to the point of the topper. Uh, I love the topper. Yeah, our our uh, owners, Kurt and Nancy Richardson, are uh, actually the founders of Otterbox Phone Covers, and Kurt. Okay. Kurt is a, uh, a very avid outdoorsman. He loves to elk hunt. And that topper is actually a, uh, a slice of a... Uh, of an elk horn. Yeah. Of an elk horn. And, yeah. and what they did is they took, they took a, uh, a mount, an elk mount that's in Old Elk's office in Fort Collins. They took it to a... Uh, they scanned it. They scanned the antler. They took a cross-section of that scan Sent it, okay. to Otter, sent it to Otterbox where they 3D printed it. And a couple hours later, <laughs> they were injection molding it. So the topper was That's all, awesome. that was all done a, in, in-house. Uh, that, that is all old elk uh, design. That is great. Uh, production. That, that's, it's, it's really interesting. Like Every time we ask this question, we get an answer about how personable and how meaningful to the brand that the they bottle chose, is. Yeah, like, chose it's really cool. Like that... It, and I don't know why, but it's, it's just awesome. Like, I really enjoy it. So, so here's a, a question before we try the rye. What's one of the biggest differences from, from distilling and producing, um, you know, somewhere like, you know, Lawrenceburg, uh, you know, Indiana compared to, you know, Fort Collins, Colorado? Obviously, the weather extremes are completely different. You know, what challenges do you face more so out, out in Colorado that you might not have faced in Indiana and vice versa? Well, I would say that most of those challenges are going to be in the, uh, the maturation phase. Uh, right. uh, you know, obviously, uh, Denver and Fort Collins, uh, that area is very arid. It's also high altitude. So, uh, you're right. going to, you're going to battle, uh, higher angel share losses. And okay. uh, I suspect, uh, that things will age quicker than, uh, than later because of that. Uh, high altitude because of the uh, arid uh, climate. So, uh, you know, we're in the process of designing a full-scale distillery in Fort Collins to support all of our product needs, as well as warehouses. Awesome. And those warehouses uh, are are likely, uh, I'm almost going to just say that they are going to have uh, some type of humidity control to okay. help uh, to help uh, limit the angel share losses that, uh, yeah. that even in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky are still quite high. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. And that's one of the reasons why I asked that. Cause I know the altitude for, for the people that listen, you know, the sports fans, right. You know, you have the, the Rockies who put the baseballs <laughs> in the humidors and, and, you know, you have the, the issue with, you have the issue with, with lung capacity with, with the, you know, the avalanche and, and also with the Broncos. So it gives them the <laughs> And I think that's one of the things that people don't necessarily think about in, in, you know, distilling and, 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 and bottling whiskey that that altitude plays the same, you know, type of, of differences compared to where, you know, mo- most, most of it is actually made in like, you know, that Kentucky area. So um, it's really cool. So was that, was that a big challenge for you to really like understand that, that change and, and everything? Uh, I don't know that it was a big challenge. I mean, it was, it was an expected challenge. Okay. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, 
frankly speaking, uh, Seagram's had one of the most uh, progressive research and development uh, departments in the world uh, for the 24 years that I was under their umbrella. And that they actually had uh, literally a panel of PhD scientists that studied every aspect wow. of, of the business and uh, maturation uh, was a big part of some of those studies. So, um, you know, I was able to uh, learn uh, through the volumes and volumes of data that they uh, evaluated and uh, experimented with, which helped, you know, was helped us determine that, that we're probably going to have to do humidity control uh, in higher altitudes and in, in the more arid climates to, uh, at the very least, protect the angel share losses that, uh, right. that you'll be faced with. So this is this might be a dumb question, but with the humidity changes and adding that into some of the new facilities that you're building, is, is there any worry that that's going to change any of the flavor profiles, or will do you think it'll just affect the angel share? I think primarily angel share, and I think uh, the other thing is that uh, I think they'll probably uh, age quicker than they okay. might uh, because of uh, the high humidity and, and the type of warehouses that we had. But uh, you know, I think. I think, uh, you know, if you, if you stick to tradition uh, relative to the way you create the distillates, right. as well as the type of barrels you use and the, and the, and the char that you use, uh, you know, I think, uh, I think at the end of the day that uh, the product will be very similar. It will be uh, mildly different, but uh, that's not to say that's a good or a bad thing. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the experiments at Seagram's ran years ago was that they tried to reproduce uh, products that we produced in Lawrenceburg in Relay, Maryland, to the point okay. where, they, where they took all the water, all the grain, uh, similar equipment, similar distillation, similar warehousing uh, from Lawrenceburg to Relay, trying to create the same process to protect their business model in the event that uh, Lawrenceburg had a fire or whatever. Right. Right. In fact, the matter is they could never do it. And a lot of it has to do with the uh, naturally occurring bacteria, yep. uh, climate to climate, state to state, and whatever. They call it flora fauna. But uh, at the end of the day, as much as you try to reproduce uh, a product from one distillery and another, you, you really it's impossible. Right. You can't do it. Right. No, that's, that's, that's good. That's, that's a really good. good point. Are y'all using like a local water source there or do you all source that? Oh, yeah. anywhere? No, it, it's uh, essentially Rocky mountain uh, water. I've got you. Comes out of the Poudre river. <laughs> there you go. It's Rocky mountain cold. And, and, <laughs> and any kind of a certain char that you all stick with on the barrels or do you vary that between product to product? Well, it depends, but uh, primarily uh, I'm going to tell you that I'm a traditionalist. So, uh, I, uh, all the products that I produced for Old Elk when I was in Lawrenceburg was all number four char on the sides and a number two char on the heads. It, so, it, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm old school. Right. It, he's glad he, he guessed and he guessed right. So he guessed it was although you're like, I had a number in my head. That's that. why he had that little cheer when you said it. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he is the nerd among us. Um, <laughs> so we've moved on to the rye, which is delicious. I poured a nice big glass for JC. If you can, you can, you hold it up. His glass definitely has the most of it. Yeah. Um, talk us, a, tell us a little bit about this one, and and we'll just let JC sit over here and make noises because he's just going to drink it. And probably won't ask a question. I think I let JC talk about it. 
I personally, I get a lot of clove spice. It's a very uh, spicy rye whiskey. The spice up the front, it lingers around. I'm so I'm it not a big mouth. I am not. I am pro, I am pro, uh, a professed not rye guy. I don't. That's terrible English, but I'm not a rye guy, and I really like this. Um, there's very few ryes that I really like, but when I like them, it's, I, I really like them. Uh, and this is one that, so we, the first time I, I taste this, cause we did a little, a little dabble of this, uh, when we first, uh, you know, first got it in the mail, just to kind of try it. And I was like, I'm gonna really enjoy this. So yeah. what do you think? This is the first time you've had this. This is the first time I've had it. Yeah. I'm, I like a lot of rye. I like more bourbon. I like bourbon mash bills with rye in it. Mm-hmm. Um, started to open up more to it, but this one is delicious. I mean, it's amazing. Like I get the clove, like you're talking about. Like I, like, I always call them kind of baking spices. You know, it's like a cake icing on the back. Yeah, yeah. Yo, no, you. I I agree yeah. with that. It's like, it's a, like a cake icing in the back of your throat. Like I I get that as well. Yeah, I get some cherry in it. Yeah. Cherry, it's like. like Almost like it tastes like a spice cake or something. Like it's nice and it's, it's almost like a dessert. Wi- it's like a dessert whiskey almost. It almost sounds like the producer's drinking. Oh, she oh, is. She is. <laughs> oh, okay. You see my arm every now and then. You see my arm like this. <laughs> I love it. It's awesome. Yeah, Kate knows her stuff. She's she knows her stuff. Oh. Kate actually, so Kate actually works. I just hide so Kate actually yeah. does production for a large university, so she okay. is, yeah, sure. helped us, she's helped us instrumentally in uh Good in boy. getting this. Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I got it right. Uh in uh in in kind of you know launching this because when we did this, and I'll, I'll give you a little bit of backstory kind of about us, because you know, we we started this what four months ago, I think July. four and a half months ago. What is yeah, so July. so last day of June, first day of July. Even, yeah. Um, you know, just kind of as a it's COVID. There's nothing else to do. A couple of our friends were telling us to do it. Um, and when you drink an entire bottle of barrel proof or, or not barrel, good God, a, a bottle of barrel proof. Uh, it was on AJ's birthday, yeah. actually. E.H. Taylor barrel proof. Yeah. And we, you, you tend to think things are, are better uh, than probably what they are. So we created, you know, an Instagram, a Facebook email, all this stuff, a website. Um, you know, we have, we have, I think, Today, we'll hit 3,400 followers. We have a couple thousand downloads on the podcast. We have close to 2,000 followers on Facebook. We just are starting to release like some clothing stuff. And it's it's amazing how fast this this is all kind of turned. Just out of on, nowhere. Yeah. Out of nowhere, just on, on whiskey. You know, Influenced it's, by some liquid courage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for contributing to that. Oh, my. Well, you, oh. Guys are gonna, you guys are going to be really successful. You, uh, you put on a nice show and... Thank you. Appreciate, yeah, appreciate it. it. Appreciate you it. obviously know your stuff. It's always fun to chat with people that are passionate and knowledgeable like, about the business. Yeah. I mean, yeah, thank bur- you. we try to make it more bourbon for the people and try to, whether you're an expert or whether you're a layman, you know, you can listen to it and enjoy everything. Sure. So we try to cater to the nerds of it like it. we are sometimes and, you know, cater to people that just want to taste the profile and see what it's all about. Absolutely. Yeah, no, this is, this is a, a very, very good. Yeah. So for those of you out there, if you can get your hands on this old elk rye and you are not a rye fan, <laughs> this uh, will change your mind. They, it, yeah, I think this is a very good, a very good rye for people I, who say they don't like it. I'm, I'm guilty of what's 
what I call the Kentucky rye, like the 51%, so we can call it rye. So I feel like I'm drinking something different. Um, but <laughs> being honest, um, but this one, I mean, this is probably one of the sweetest, like best tasting rye. It doesn't had. have the, and, this, and I've had it, I've yeah. had rye before, obviously, but it doesn't have the spice that you get on the back of your throat. It's still a lot of spice there, but like a lot of times rye will stick around. It's not as uh, peppery. Linger. Yeah, yeah it's not as peppery as uh, some of the other rye. And this this might I, so I'm I'm the newest person to this. So I ask questions sometimes I don't know if they're stupid or not. But sometimes to me rye tastes really young. And I think that's the other reason why I don't like them. They have that really raw, you know, Harsh. that yeah, metallic, metallic steel, steel taste, and almost. and and this is definitely a finished, polished, you know, product that this you, is a well-rounded, very yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, all of these bottles are in trouble. I'm just saying. That. Yeah, we got some cigars. And so, so give us an idea of what what's kind of next for the old elk brand, right? You guys have some amazing products out there right now. You're you're expanding, right? I, I think you're starting to get a little bit more of a foothold, especially where we are. You know, we posted a picture of these bottles uh, on our Instagram. We had a couple of people reach out to us and, and ask us where they can find it. Um, so I think maybe more towards the East, you're, you're starting to, it's, it's a newer name, um, but give, uh, give everyone out there that's listening kind of an idea of what's next. Well, 2021, the uh, roadmap is going to include uh, some cash finish uh, uh, product <laughs> of, of the same mash bills that you've tasted tonight. But, uh, awesome. I'm so we actually, we actually did a uh, tawny port uh, finish that's available at our reserve tasting room in Fort Collins. It, okay, uh, was uh, just turned out amazing. So we're gonna we're gonna extend that into different types of uh, cash finishes. It'll be awesome. it'll be uh, you know the same products you looked at, only we're gonna finish them in uh, a variety of different casts. So that that's coming down the road. Uh, I'm actually getting ready to start working on a master another master blend. Uh, and I'm not going to go into any detail on that so much. No, of course not. No, but whatever you can uh, share, we appreciate that is likely to be out in uh, uh, probably uh, August of 2021. And then uh, when I talked about the old elk uh, being a blend of uh, the same Asheville, but produced three different uh, uh, facilities, uh, we've got a, uh, a uh, number of barrels that were produced out of that New York facility that are uh, just turning six years old. And uh, uh, that is going to come to market as a, uh, uh, I don't want to give it, uh, I don't, we haven't really determined what the product's right. going to be named, but it's, it's a, uh, it's going to be along the lines of a sour mash select. So uh, the, the gentleman that produced that one had his own method of, uh, of souring the mash before he uh, fermented it and distilled it. Uh, all our products are sour mash, but he had, uh, 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 he used a different method than I used. And that product uh, is going to come to market as, uh, as uh, our next brand extension. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hey, you like guys it. got a lot of stuff going on. So we like a combination of like knowledge and let's experiment. I love it. Like, yeah. I've got all this knowledge and let's just try other things. You hold the tradition. You definitely know. I mean, you definitely know your stuff with the years of experience you've got under your belt. But 
you know, it's nice to see someone. He's only like semi a legend in the industry. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Made more bourbons than he can name. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's not, it's great to see, like, like you said, someone does it a little bit different than you and you don't mind, even oh, with as much knowledge you have stepping out of the way and like, all right, let's try this, you know, and see where it goes. You know, what's really unique about this industry is that, uh, you know, at the beginning of the day, we're all competitors, but at the end of the day, we're all family and there's uh, every, everybody feels like there's room for everybody. So it's, it's, it's very unique. uh, And that really makes it quite special. I think. Everybody everybody we've met doing this, you know, in the industry has been so welcoming and, and, you know, made us feel, you know, right at home and it's, there's not been any awkward conversations. And so it's, it's such a tight knit, close, close it's a community. Yeah, it's, a, it's a really it like, is. it's an outside yeah. family community. Like everybody's in, included like, all right, you like whiskey. Let's talk about it. Let's drink it and enjoy it and have a good time. And like we've always talked about, I mean, when it comes to like bourbon, rye or whiskeys in general, I mean, I always say like time slows down when you open a good bottle. Like it doesn't matter what's going on in life, what's going on. You pour a good glass, you sit, you talk with whoever you're with and you just enjoy that moment, you know, because everyone's got work and whatever else in the morning and whatever else you got to do. It's certainly a pure firm of relaxation. There's no question about that. Good meditation. When when a lot of this COVID stuff slows down, I know we definitely, you know, we're, we're, we're hearing and reading and and seeing a lot of really good stuff coming out of Colorado. And I know that we would definitely love to come visit. um, Absolutely. um, You know, when some of this, you know, craziness. The worst thing is that we're going to see some beautiful scenery and drink good whiskey. So (laughs) that's like the bar that it's set at. I'm pretty sure we're going to be in. So they actually have mountains there. Our mountains are hills compared to them. Yeah. So, um, Greg, when when that happens, we'll get you to the reserve and uh, really uh, show you a good time out there. Oh, Oh, we'll be there. Well, I mean, (laughs) and and JC's under the court. I'm like, like, hold on. To Colorado. To Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> so um i really appreciate you joining us and taking the time out uh i know you got a lot on your plate we really appreciate it thank you guys for sending us these samples oh, thank you um yeah, these are delicious we are really looking forward to what's next for your brand um we're fans we're going to definitely keep up with you guys and, and see what comes out and uh uh and definitely try just about anything you put in a bottle terrific i i can't thank you enough for having me on your show and uh Look forward to the future in our next <laughs> encounter. So it, it'll be fun. You guys are great folks, and I, I really, really, really enjoyed it. So thank you, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you thank so you. much, for- everyone. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Greg, again. And remember, a bourbon with friends can change the world. Have a great one. As always, the bourbons highlighted on this podcast will feature in the show notes. Tune in next time for another episode of Bourbon with Friends.